0: The Bible Study Podcast, episode 433. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew as we wrap up chapter 12. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I'll be honest with you, I was getting ready to, in fact, got four minutes into recording an episode about chapter 13, and then realized we hadn't finished chapter 12. You may remember that Jesus was talking with the Pharisees, and they were accusing him of driving out demons because of Beelzebub. And right after that, we go into this. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will stand in judgment with this generation and condemn it for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom, and now something greater than Solomon is here. When an evil spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. Taken out of context, that quite an interesting scene. All they did is say, hey, can we see a sign? Now, We have to remember, though, what the context for this is. Matthew puts this in a section here where he's saying, right before this, we get Jesus who's healing the withered hand of a man on the Sabbath, and because of that, the Pharisees are plotting to kill him. Later on, he drives out the demon from a demon-possessed man who's blind and mute, and the Pharisees accuse him of driving out demons by the Prince of Demons, by Beelzebub. So that's the context here when it says, then some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law say, Teacher, we want a sign. Now, first of all, why weren't those other two things signs? Those aren't things that happen every day. And yet their reaction to those things was not faith. The problem at that point may not be with the signs, the problem may not be. That's just not a big enough miracle. So, why does Jesus turn down the request for a sign? Well, I think one of the reasons is they're not ready to hear. We're going to hear more about hearing next week when we get into some of Jesus' teaching and we hear about some parables. But there is no point of Jesus giving a sign, first of all, because they've already seen two just today, just this week, just recently and they didn't respond with faith. They responded with anger. They're ready to kill Jesus, and they're accusing him of being in league with the devil. And so he says, you want a sign? I'm going to give you a sign, but it's going to be one sign. And that sign is the sign of Jonah. Jonah is an interesting story in the Old Testament. happens to be one of my favorite of the minor prophets, and certainly a well-known story here, as Jonah is called to go to Nineveh, And Jonah is called to go to Nineveh, but doesn't want to go to Nineveh because Jonah doesn't want Nineveh, the Assyrian kingdom, to repent. Jonah is glad when he hears that God is going to destroy the Assyrians. He thinks that's just fine. And so he runs out of town because he doesn't want to do what God wants. And so he finds himself in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights. Jesus, unlike Jonah, who is more than a prophet— Says, that's the sign you're going to get. You're going to get the sign of the Son of Man being three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus is at this point predicting his death, but then the end of his death three days later. He's predicting his resurrection as well. Now, even the disciples, as they're standing there, aren't going to get this. It's not going to make sense to them until later. But Jesus tells them right now, he says, You're going to get a sign, and that's the sign, and you know what? You're going to reject it. And it's not good that you're going to reject it. In fact, the people of Nineveh repented when Jonah came. And you're going to get a greater sign. You're going to get a greater teacher than Jonah. Someone greater than Jonah is here. And you're rejecting him. The queen of the south came to see Solomon because she'd heard of his wisdom. And he's saying, but Jesus is saying he is even wiser that he is an even greater teacher than Solomon. And so Nineveh will stand and judge you. The queen of the south will stand and judge you. Some parallelism with what we got recently with Jesus talking to the towns of the region, right? Remember that in the last chapter, the miracles that had been performed in you were performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. If the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, they would have remained to this day. He's saying the same thing is you've gotten signs. You've had plenty of signs. Just saying you're one sign short at this point is not an excuse. Remember this chapter next week when we talk about the farmer sowing his seeds, because I think this is going to be related to that. They're not ready to listen, and they're not just one more sign short of coming to faith. And then he tells this interesting story about this impure spirit, about an evil spirit who's coming out of somebody and going and roaming the world, not finding anything, and then coming back and finding the house swept in order and coming back and finding seven other spirits more wicked than itself and going to live and repossessing Uh, repossessing in the worst possible definition, someone who they had come out of. And seven is an interesting number because in the Bible, it tends to be complete. And so at this point, if you were possessed by seven spirits as Mary Magdala, as Mary of Magdala was possessed of seven spirits, we're told in the Bible, it is to be completely possessed. It's the loss of control. It's to be defeated. And he compares that to this wicked generation. I wonder how this applies to us. This is not as easy as some other verses to say, oh, it just means this for us. But I do wonder sometimes, what is our excuse for not being obedient? And I say not being obedient rather than not believing, because I think of the story of Moses. Moses who loses the chance to go into the promised land because he's told by God when the people are being rebellious to go speak to the rock, and the rock will give water because they're out in the middle of the desert, and the people are saying, you brought us out here to die of thirst. And Moses gets angry with the people and say, why do you think that God and I should give you water? And he strikes the rock, and water comes out. And then later on, God has words with Moses, and he says, why did you not believe Now, what we see is that he didn't obey. He didn't follow the instructions he had, the clear instructions of step-by-step what he was supposed to do. But in those verses, in these verses, God says that belief and obedience are related. Belief and obedience are the same in the sense that we show our belief through our obedience. And so I wonder, what's our excuse that if I only had that, if I could only see this, if God, you would only do this then I would believe. Then I would be obedient. I don't know what that is in your life. I'm not sure what that is in mine. One last section here in this chapter. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak with him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to speak with you. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Again, Jesus equating kinship with obedience. Not kinship with having the correct theology. Not kinship with how many times you've read through the Bible. Not kinship with how often you go to church on Sundays. But with the one who does the will of his Father, and that's what we are called to do. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. Next week, we'll do Matthew thirteen, and we'll get back into some of the teachings of Jesus. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast dot or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. dot You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram at Chris Two X, and as always. Thanks so much for listening. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian Prayer Meditation, You can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian Prayer Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.